This is Josh Mills. And Jordan is back again. She is back for another episode of Acquired Tastings. I am back. You are back. We're all back. We're happy. We're happy that you guys are with us. I mean, the only person I guess is not here. I'm sure he's going to listen, though, is Dad. He's out doing his thing again, like he always does. Must be nice. Must be nice to be retired and have a wonderful patio. But I've got George here with us, and we're going to continue on, just like we said last week, that we're doing a beer week, and we're doing Pilsners. Yes. So the two Pilsners we have this week, we have the Bitburger Premium Pilsner from Germany, and we have the Tiny Bomb Pilsner, American Pilsner from Wiseacre Brewing out in Memphis. So I think it's going to be a good time, and we have, you know, as Jordan and I do, there is a smorgasbord of food on the table. Our technical pairings this week are we have some mini chicken tacos we have some are they chicken or pork they're the pork dumplings okay pork pork dumplings and then kind of a i guess we could say a faux a faux euro Uh, we've got some euro meat with on some garlic naan with goat cheese so i guess it's not really anything close to it and then as a special appearance we got a cheese we found we were walking through Trader Joe's right before we were trying to get started, and I was looking for some sort of mild, mild cheddar as I was, as I was going through, and I just happened to see cheddar with caramelized onions in it. And it's good. So Jordan and I are having that as one of our pairings because I think it's going to go really well with these pilsners. And I think uh, are we ready to get going? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. let's uh, let's dive on in here. We're gonna start with the bit burger, and as Jordan and I traditionally do, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for being on again. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, that's good. Um, so we're doing the bit burger. This is a light, I would say, kind of a golden straw color on the uh, for the color. There's not a whole lot of head to it. It didn't pour. Uh, we're doing the uh, one, I guess we could say the the half liter cans today. Uh, you can see that on the Instagram. Remember, we're out there at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. Or not gmail.com, but just acquiredtastings out there on Instagram. I got into, sh- into show mode there for a second and just uh, lost what I was saying. But anyway, so we have, uh, this is a Pilsner. So the these are going to be lighter and... A little bit more. <laughs> I like to live dangerously. Jordan just took like one sip out of her. So we're using American pint glasses here. So we there's a little bit left in the can. And Jordan decided to go ahead and fill hers all the way up. And it is like literally men, meniscus-y full. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if she can. Can she do it? Can she do it? Can she? Can she do it without spilling? Oh, way to go. She made it all the way. From the table without spilling a dang drop. Over my plate of food, too, guys. And you know that would have been tragic. <laughs> that would have been tragic. Before we keep going, Jordan, you've got some other snacks over there that you kind of wanted just to try along with it. So tell us what you got. So I've got some Spanish olives that have the pimentos in them. I also have some Clamata olives. And I have some grilled artichoke carts. No, I did not grill them myself. They're a Trader Joe's and they're packed in oil and they're just really flight it's actually the first time i've tried them but they're really flavorful i had one while i was uh making my plate and they're quite delicious they're gonna be really good on salad later oh yeah that would be a great little topping to have there on the salads 
Well, cool. So that's going to be exciting. So like I was saying, we're doing, this is uh, the Bit Burger. And you know what, Jordan? We totally forgot. Dad, dad would have got us if we would have totally forgot about the blind. Oh no, what was it last week? Here, I found the envelope. And here it is. So remember, Dad, dad, dad did me on a rosé. He did me kind of dirty. And that it was a rosé. And I thought it was a rosé from Provence, so south of France. And it's what was it? French rosé from Chenon. And it was 13.5 for the ABV. Okay, so I was in the right country, at least. I mean, definitely wrong part of the country. But it's uh, Chinon, so I think it's pretty much it's Cab Franc rosé from up in the Loire Valley. So kind of across the country, but I was pretty close. <laughs> All right, so uh, back to the Bitburger. This Bitburger is a very light, what would you say, pale kind of golden color. Yeah, it's got some gold to it. Um, you can, I mean, if you put your hand on the other side of the glass, you can see your fingers, but it's not clear. But you can tell there's something there. A golden yellow, and it's just so flavorful. And, like, I had never had this beer until right around this time last year. Yeah, it was. It was EPL weekend, I believe. Yeah, our friend Kevin introduced us to Bitburger. Yeah, and it was really good. And, you know, because Bitburger... Is a German company, and I think they do some sponsoring of uh, the Bundesliga there. So he had, like, soccer print cans. Yeah, they were cool. But it is, it's really light. It's fresh. There's not a whole lot of head to it, but it still has good carbonation on it. There's quite a bit of, of bubble coming up, even though it's not forming um, really any kind of type of head. And Jordan's over there snacking already. I mean, it's Tuesday, and you gave me mini chicken tacos. I know, Taco Tuesday. So Taco Tuesday coming up. Um, so these are all both of these beers we're doing today are Pilsner. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Pilsner um, while Jordan eats and eats and pears for a little bit. Um, so Pilsners are also are known as pills. Um, you may have seen at your local brewery that they're, they're doing a pills. Um, they're a type of lager, actually. And they kind of came around from Germany. One of the first the first pale lager which is which is pilsner came from pilsner a kale in 1842 pretty crazy that it's been going for that long and then it it's its own you know particular style and everything um so these this german style pilsner is a light it's a light golden color it's pale but it is very very flavorful on the palate it's got a lot of malty, roasty notes on it, but more than I was expecting, it has a lot of bitter. There's a lot of bittering to it, which was interesting because I didn't really, from my kind of look back and thinking through the Pilsners that I've had, I didn't really, they weren't really like bitter to me. They were kind of a little bit more on the, kind of on the light side, a lot like a, almost like a Hefeweizen, but just without some of those tropical-y kind of notes to it. Yeah. So you've been eating on the tacos, and we just had the artichokes. So the grilled artichokes, once again, Trader Joe plug. So if you're playing the drinking game, go ahead and take a drink. <laughs> um, everything on the plates, um, well, pretty much everything, is from Trader Joe's. Um, I think some of the sauces we have for the dumplings weren't weren't Trader Joe's. Yeah, there were a couple of them that I picked up at Casco. Or no, not Costco. Sorry, Kroger. At uh, Kroger, yeah. I've been going to Costco a lot, folks. We, yeah, we, you know, we talked about it on the show. You know, we finally got a Costco here in Little Rock, and we're very, 
we're very, very excited about it. Bitburger itself, you know, as a brewery started, I think, quite a long time ago. We talked about how the Pilsner Kale came out as kind of one of the first Pilsners in 1842, and that's kind of where it got its name from, and that's actually a Czech beer. And this is a German, so they started kind of doing this beer style in Germany back in uh, 1883. So that's kind of when it came over into the German brewing. And, you know, one of the things that was very interesting to me is that they talk a lot about hops, which I wouldn't, looking at the beer on face value, I wouldn't think hops. I think, I think kind of a lot like the, um, like the Sapporo and the Ashi, those really light, super crisp, easy going on to them. But these actually, you know, talk about hops and you can definitely get it. And this is the, like, I guess you could say, this is the kind of hop that I like. Where it adds bittering, but it doesn't really add a whole lot of other flavors to it. That's really in there just to bring out that bitter quality to the beer. Such a good beer. Easy drinking, too. Yeah. Let's see here. You know, it's, so these cans, you know, like I said, we're using the half liter cans. Uh, so for those of you in America, that's uh, one pint. 0.9 fluid ounces <laughs> and I would guess the ABV on this is probably under six yeah 4.8 which is very low I mean this is like Bud Light Budweiser I mean Budweiser and that's something interesting you know to think about for people who may have never traveled to Europe six percent is a big beer in Europe and that's one of the reasons Budweiser is so popular is a lot of people enjoy the flavor of it and it's six percent so for them that's a high abv beer i mean they're a lot of their brewers aren't doing you know big heavy imperial (laughs) imperial style stuff unless you're talking about like a lot of the niche kind of belgian places Mm, belgian beers so good we should have done belgian beer well i think we have we have you and i done belgian beer i know we drank a bunch i don't know if we've actually done belgian beer or not yeah i don't think we did i think i don't think we've done it for a podcast now i've drank my fair share of belgian beers over the years yeah we have definitely drank and talked about belgian beers but never while being recorded for the podcast well i'm gonna eat for a second why don't you tell people what you've had and kind of how everything kind of goes everything's delicious I could just eat the olives by themselves. Oh, wait, that's what I'm doing. Gross. I am not an olive person. I brine stuff. I, mm, it's too sharp, too bitter. Ugh, so the so that briny quality, how does it go with the beer? Because I know, that, like I said, the beer has quite a bit of bitterness to it. I wonder if those kind of enhance each other or kind of how that plays. Let me just eat another olive. Don't have to tell you twice to eat. <laughs> eat an olive. You don't have to tell me twice to eat. Let's be honest. <laughs> it actually brings out a little more bitterness in the beer it is not the best pairing but i'm going to eat the olives because i love the olives eat what you like drink what you like yep i mean when i took wine studies in culinary school mostly because i needed an elective class and it was on a monday at eight in the morning drinking at monday eight in the morning oh gee darn you have to we were supposed to spit but let's be honest (laughs) and i was not the only one that was not spitting out all of her wine it's a wine studies class most people don't There were some that, you know, I always spit because I'm not a huge fan of or other things. But 
Let's be honest. Most of us were not. (laughs) But I don't know where I was going. I got sidetracked and I forgot what I was saying. I apologize. You were talking about the bittering and... Yeah, the bitter, it just brings out... The salt and the brine, in my opinion, brings out more bitterness in the beer. And it's not terrible, but it's on that edge of, to the point I don't like Mm, the bitterness any longer. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just got to try things. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't have a very large bitter palate. No, I don't. You did one of the tests where it kind of put something on your tongue and then it lets you kind of hold it there as long as you can. And most people can't handle it, but you and what was it? You and one other person? There was one other guy that was in our wine studies class and he and I both just sat there with this thing on our tongue with our mouth fully closed. And I took it out at the point where it was starting to disintegrate and become like chalky on my tongue almost. And I was mm. like, okay, I'm done with that just because I didn't like the texture. <laughs> That's very interesting too that you were able to detect all that extra bitterness with that, mm-hmm. with having that palate issue. But that's really good to know, especially when you're going through culinary school, because when you start to taste stuff, if you're trying to get something to be bitter, you have to be very cognizant of what you do because what's bitter to you is not bitter, <laughs> yeah. is overly bitter to a lot of people, can be overly bitter to a lot of yes. people. Yes. You know, for prepackaged lamb meat, Euro slices, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. So when I was going, when I was searching for it, I was like, okay, I want a protein. I knew. They didn't really have brats or anything like that. And that's, you know, that would be a fantastic pairing with with this beer. I mean, come on. Just just shut. You know, what grows together goes together, I guess you could say. But when I saw that they had this and it was actually lamb, I was like, okay, I think this could actually be be good. And then feta, feta adds a lot of saltiness to whatever is going on because it is brined as well. And I wanted to bring a little bit more acid to it because I know we weren't going to have tomatoes or fresh onion or tzatzikis or any kind of tzatziki sauce. Uh, So I saw these. I was like, oh, I want some goat cheese and goat cheese crumbles. So for those of you following the drinking game, there you go again. It brought that kind of acidic quality so that it's not overtly heavy. Yeah, that's good. You know, rather than I, I, pita is okay. I think pita is good. I really love naan. And they had this garlic naan, which I thought would bring another element to it. So that's why we have this garlic naan with us. But that's that's really good. Yeah. And it goes well with the beer, too. It does. And the garlic naan is not overly garlic. It's just got a nice garlic hint to it. Yeah. You know, don't think, oh my gosh, they're killing everything with garlic. Because it's not that way by any means. So what have you been snacking on? Well, so I've kind of hit the same things. The, the only thing I haven't talked about is the cheese. Man, that cheese is really good. It's got, it's almost got like a smoky quality to it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like smoked cheddar. And with that sweet kind of oniony flavor. Yeah. It's really good. It goes really well with, with the beer, with the light quality of it, and things kind of, just kind of going well. There's no, there's no disrupting. So you still get that like, that kind of funky, fun, cheesy flavor with the that kind of almost palate cleansing of the beer. Yeah. So this would be another beer for those of you who listen to the podcast where our friend Dave was on and we were talking about pairings and all that. Uh, this would be another style of beer wet that does that kind of palate cleansing thing that he talks about. Uh, this is not as clean as Sapporo or some of those other really clean uh, ultra, what they call them? Uh, they're not considered light beers, but very uh, kind of one-dimensional 
but super clean, super fresh, easy to drink. This would be kind of along that lines, but it does bring an extra element of flavor with that bitterness. Yeah. This really isn't your kind of style of beer, right? No. But do you ever remember, do you have any fun stories with uh, with Pilsners or anything like that that, not, that you might be able to share? Not necessarily with Pilsners, but I always have fun drinking stories because did a little, okay, a lot of that when my younger days. Not that you're old, but age, they were younger days. Age is a number, and I feel about 82. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drink a whole lot of Pilsners. Um, probably one of my favorite things, though, in college was there was a bar in town called the Molly Brown. Still around, great place. Well, when I was living in Bozeman, there were they would do a drink special every day, a beer special. And it would be, I can't remember if it was 250 or 225 pints. And it was either six or six fifty pitchers. Ooh. And they would pick one beer, and that would be their beer special for that day. And it rotated daily except Sundays. And Sundays, it was two twenty five or whatever it was, two fifty pints, anything on the tap wall. But there was no pitcher special. Whoa, anything. Anything they had on tap. So I could go get like a two dollar and twenty five cent pint of Guinness. Wow. But I used to go in on like a Friday or a Saturday night and I would order a pitcher of beer and they would ask me how many glasses I wanted and I would tell them none because I would walk around the bar and drink straight from the pitcher. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, guys. You just can't. I can see you two walking around, plopping down at a table, putting the pitcher down and people are just kind of like, oh, it's Jordan. Pretty much. They were all just like, oh, she got herself a pitcher. She didn't get glasses for anyone else. like this is her beer didn't it get warm though not as fast as i drank it back then (laughs) okay and then we would go in on sundays and the trick was you always invite invited the guys to come with you on sundays because the guys would bring quarters to play pool i'm a terrible pool player but i love to play but i'm terrible you do not want me to play pool with you unless you just want to (laughs) win or be really entertained at how bad i am but the guys would pay for all the pool and you take like 20 bucks and Sunday fun day. There it is. All day. All day. And then, you know, papers and homework at 10 o'clock. And then you could walk home too. Right. Because I lived like six or eight blocks from the Molly. So. Yeah. And it's it kind was, of in a residential area. Yeah. It was an easy jaunt down and jaunt back and nobody had to drive. Nobody had to be any more irresponsible than we were already being. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. You know, I have kind of my experience with Pilsners is is light as well. It's usually not one that I gravitate toward. I remember when Lost 40 first opened, they had a Pilsner on their wall. The bare they bones. did have a Pilsner. I forgot about that. Yeah, the bare, the bare Bones Pilsner, which it was good. It was very light, very easy to drink. I think they kind of switched that out for the day drinker. Yeah. In their year-round rotation of something that's, you know, easy to drink and light and fun and because I mean, if they're if they're truly doing a pilsner, it's lagered, and lagering takes it takes time. takes a long time, especially in hot frickin' Arkansas, because it has to be cold. You know, you have to keep your temperature down so that it lager that it, that it does it properly, and then it just takes a long time. So maybe with them doing Camp Taco and having a lot of that smaller equipment where they're doing kind of some more of the lagered slow styles of beer, maybe we'll see it come back. But that'd be exciting. It probably won't come back as the bare bones, but it'll come back as something. Yeah, I could definitely see a Pilsner coming back. 
at some point, and I hope it does. Yeah. If there are any Lost Forty powers that be that listen, if there are, <laughs> love for some sponsorship. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Not really, but just kidding. The other time, the other only other really times I've had Pilsners was I've had the Scrimshaw Pilsner. I've had Bitburger. I think I've had I've had Carlsberg once, uh, which is another European. I think Heineken is technically a Pilsner. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would have to uh, look that one up and check on it. Yeah, it might but just yeah, be. I'm, I'm with you. I just have never really drank a whole lot of pills. Yeah. So my my only story with Pilsner. There was one time I went to Improv, and afterwards, rather than just you know kind of dispersing, they had announced that they were going to be doing beer pong, and they were just doing. They had like four tables of beer pong going. And people could, you know, partner up and play. It wasn't like any kind of tournament. It wasn't anything serious. But the beer that my, I think I, I think I played with Ashley. <laughs> I think it was me and Ashley, honestly, that played. Love her. We might have been against each other. Anyway, um, we were using pictures of Scrimshaw. Okay. Because it was on the it was on the wall at the joint. And it's light enough that you can drink drink it, and yeah. it's good enough for. It's light enough beer that it's a good beer pong beer. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, bottom barrel, not light. It's not a light style. So that's kind of my only thing with it. But it was lots of fun, you know, having having a great time in improv and then, you know, getting to play beer pong, which I'm not good at, but I enjoy. And I'm <laughs> lo- very much looking forward to this weekend. Uh, this weekend, and it will be this weekend for you if you listen uh, close to the release date of this, is the opening weekend of the EPL Soccer League. So we, as those of you who are longtime listeners know, the boys and and families are getting together. We're going to do our normal EPL weekend uh, job where we're going to choose me a team and we're going to get to play beer pong. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And, you know, special note as a, you know, upcoming, uh, we're also going to be recording a podcast while we're there. So it's going to be lots of fun to uh, get out there and see everybody because this time we're going to Nashville. We're going to be going out to Nashville for, uh, well, the suburbs, but anyway, it's still Nashville. Um, going out to Nashville for, because that's where Dave and his family live, uh, and so it's his turn to host. So we're headed out there, and we're going to have a, a grand old time, watch some soccer, drink some beer, eat some food, and we're actually going to get to go to a Nashville FC game, which is going to be lots of fun, That'll too. be a lot of fun. EPL weekend, the one and only time I play beer pong anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just the two of us. I mean, technically, I guess we could play, <laughs> but we don't really have a table that's no. big enough, but we could buy one. No. Um, <laughs> we could just put cups on the floor and try to yeah. <laughs> try to get them in. Yeah, but I'm not good at beer pong either, but it's always fun to throw myself on the table. And <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's traditionally it's the four boys that play the first game because that's when we choose that's when we choose my team. If you're interested, we, we put all because there's 20 teams in the league. So we put all the names on the bottom of the cups and the last cup standing is my team for the year. Unless it's Chelsea. <laughs> if and it, that's an automatic replay. If it's Chelsea, we replay. Um, if I get two, if I get the same team two years in a row, the third year we have a death cup on the board because we have to make sure we have equal ones because since i've got it two times in a row we had a second cut for that team and i think i think we decided if i if i get the same team four i think four or five times in a row that's just my team 
Now, we'll probably still get together and play beer pong, but that's just my team. It's never happened. The closest it's come is I've had West Ham twice, and then on year three, it was one of the last two cups. Yeah, and that death cup thing was a terrible idea. (laughs) For those of you out in the world that do not know what a death cup is, it is a cup that has liquor in it instead of beer. But we don't put, like, the full amount. Like, it's not equal amounts of liquor that's normally in there for beer. It's basically a shot or just a couple ounces right. that's in there. But it's, um, they're evil. They're not fun. Oh, man. The best part about it. Hold on. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell that story, but I actually kind of want to switch over beers because um, I don't want to eat all my food before the beer's gone. Yeah, I know. I'm having that problem. I'm like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ration. I don't want to get a ration anymore. so I can have it with the next beer. So we're gonna switch over to the Tiny Bomb American Pilsner. So cheers, as always. Cheers. This is a very popular beer, at least in the South. Yeah. People love Tiny Bomb. This is much, I would say, much clearer. No, it's about as clear as. It's, I was gonna say you don't want to ask me because my glass is yeah. frosted, so it's harder to tell. Yeah. But it's still that kind of same light yellow golden straw kind yeah, of color. Yeah, to me it's lighter than the Bitburger. Yes, it in is. Color. Yeah, it's definitely lighter, and it has a lot of head. You know, we poured this about over half an hour ago, yeah. and it still has a head on it, and the bubbles are creating a head. Yeah. I don't really know what that means, but I'm gonna have to learn one of these days, or somebody write in and let us know what what does the head really mean on a beer because. I honestly am not quite sure. I just know it has to do with the carbonation. I know nothing. Like I said, this is from Wiseacre Brewing. And Wiseacre Brewing is out of Memphis, Tennessee. They have a lot of really good beers. They have one you really like. Well, no, you'd like it. Is it the gotta get up to get down? Gotta get up to get down. It's a coffee stout, and it's delicious. It's So in the in the realm of how coffee is it, it's not winter grind. Mm-mm. Where you're, where you feel like you have coffee grounds on your tongue, and it's, but it's more than I don't know. What's a really really light one? Doesn't have a lot of coffee stout. Any any, any kind of something that says it's a coffee stout, but you don't really get anything different than just a stout. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a specific one, and of course you put me on the spot, so I can't. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of. I'll it think goes. of it at three in the morning. Well, so uh, don't worry, I will not get up and record it at three in the morning. Uh, no, she will not. She'll just be like, "Oh, there it is." <laughs> okay, <laughs> and uh, head on back to the sleepy time. I like the sleepy times. Um, so like I said, Wiseacre is out of Memphis, Tennessee. They have quite a few beers that they've done before, and they're kind of a funky, kitschy, cool kind of place. Uh, they've been making beer, I would say, since the early 2000s. I don't think they're that, well, maybe they're that old. Then again, I don't know when most breweries started. Yeah. I mean, there was a boom there where, you know, it was like you turn around and there's five more breweries each time you turn around. Yeah. And I think kind of Wiseacre was kind of, I believe, around that time. Or they came to Arkansas around that time where we were getting a whole bunch of new breweries all at once. Jordan's got our chopsticks going. And not only are they chopsticks, they are lightsaber chopsticks. And I'm using the blue ones today. Yep, just just the blue ones. Not a, she's not feeling sithy. At the moment. That could change, though. It looks like they started in about 2008. Um, 
They did some home brewing beforehand, kind of like a lot of people in the late '90s and then in the early 2000s is when they actually started uh, doing their own stuff. They've got some Great American Beer Festival awards, but the interesting thing about this, so this is an American style pilsner. What do you t- when you're tasting and kind of what are some differences that you notice before I kind of talk about them? Okay, I had two sips of that. I'm going to drink a little bit of water, and then I'm going to go revisit. The bit burger, just so that it's a little fresher. Yeah, of course. You know, we're doing the same snack as we as we did for the bit burger. So we still have the kind of our our lamb sandwich thing. Uh, we've got the mini tacos, the dumplings, and the caramelized onion goat cheese. This is really good. I haven't really had a whole lot of tiny bomb, but Jordan's ready, and I'm I'm curious of what you're what you're tasting different. To me, the tiny bomb isn't quite as bitter. There is still a note of bitterness there, but it's not quite as prominent. And then, I don't know, it's just all around cleaner. It's almost like it lacks a little bit of the flavor that the Bitburger has, like the depth. But there's definitely flavor there, but it's yeah. not just quite as in your face. Yeah, so for to me, I'm getting a lot more tropical kind of f- flavors coming out of the Tiny Bomb. Getting a lot of mango and papaya and... Just some more of those kind of like star fruit, like really a bunch of the more tropical kind of stuff. And it's not as, to me, it's definitely not as bitter. It is a lot. It, like you said, it's very clean. The flavor profile to me is thinner within the mouth. It just kind of hits right there in the middle where the bit burger was a little bit wider with that extra bitterness. So I think, I think, I don't know this for sure, but if I had to guess, you know, obviously the hop choice is going to be different, but I think we're getting that tropicaliness is actually from the hop choice that they're doing whereas the bitburger you know just went straight for the bittering effect whereas they're at they're adding some of that flavor to it but i think it knocks out a lot of the other things going on from the wheat and the yeast and everything else i agree and you know the bitburger follows you know the german the old school german brewing laws too so they're you know they're only using or grain water yeast and hops and you know they could be doing some other stuff if they want. Yeah. They kind of did this in mind because, you know, they're from Memphis. And the soft waters of Memphis are identical to the soft waters in the Czech Republic. So that was one of the reasons they kind of decided to do this style of beer because the water is the same. And we, we talk about it a lot that the water makes a lot of the makes a lot of the difference. Beer is 4.5% alcohol. So just a, actually a little bit lighter. They do have some aroma hops. It's really cool to actually tell you exactly what they are. So they use the bittering hops or Bravo hops, and the aroma hops are Mount Hood hops in this beer. And they use German Pilsner malt for this. So they, they're trying to keep it as, as traditional of a style as, as they can. And maybe, you know, Czech, Czech Pilsners are going to be different than German Pilsners. So maybe they are, maybe the, the Czech Pilsners are a little bit more fruity and not as bitter like the Bitburger. Yeah. Mm. How's the food? You know, that's all I'm really here for. <laughs> uh, have you had any kind of any aha moments with the, the food and the beer? No, not really. I think this cheese, though, that I ate is going to be. <laughs> Yo, if you have a Trader Joe's near you, go ahead and drink, boys, who are playing the game. Get the caramelized onion cheddar. I'm telling you, man, I will not go by like three blocks of it. No, but those of you boys that are listening, it will probably make an appearance at EPL weekend. <laughs> Just, just saying. So the American style Pilsner has its history in Europe because a lot of the, 
a lot of the companies that make American beer started with German or Eastern European immigrants who moved to the United States that were brewers. And that means that if you're following linearly or you know, a lot of American standard beers are Pilsners. Budweiser, Pilsner. Any of the old standard lagers that were done were Pilsner. Our Pilsner style beers because that's what they knew. They were very they are very popular in Germany, so when they came here, they were able to source a lot of the same stuff and they made beer. And that's kind of one of the one of the one of the places where it's really cool that, you know, a a company like Wiseacre is coming in and taking that traditional style and putting their craft kind of their craft spin on it. Not that they're changing it, but they're just kind of taking it over. So how was the cheese and the beer? It was good. It was really good. I'm going to say, have you done the olives yet to see about the bitterness? I have not. I'm about to pop a couple olives in my mouth. As always, because you love, love, love the olives. I really do. The way I drink a martini is basically olive juice with a little bit of vodka instead of reversing that. I also, uh, olive juice, pickle juice, because I love pickles too. Great for hangovers. Great for cramps. <laughs> yep. So Trust me. I was doing a little bit more research here as we were as we were recording and I found out why there's that tropical floral kind of flavor. They add local wildflower honey into their brewing process. That'll do it, folks. So that gives it that herbal sweet floraliness that I was getting when I kept saying tropical. I think there's some there may be also some coming from their aroma hops as well. It's kind of a it's kind of a little twist and turn on its head, and um, it's a kind of interesting thing to do because obviously, you know, we talked. I talked a little bit ago about Bitburger and the German brewing laws, and that's obviously something they couldn't do. And so, you know, the craft breweries putting their own spin on it, and them adding local honey. Like, who would have thought to add that and bring up the flavor profile of your beer? I would have, I would have thought of it possibly in other beers but not necessarily in like a pilsner style yeah who was it um blue canoe did a honeysuckle beer where they actually used like y mountain honeysuckle in the brewing process and it brought that kind of floral floraliness to the beer which was also it was also lighter a lighter style beer yeah i don't know if i ever had that one yeah they called it the y mountain oh, it was a wit it was the y mountain wit oh okay uh, you're probably just in there drinking the Whittler, the milk stuff. <laughs> That's a very, very good possibility, folks. Yeah, because that was our first, that was our first uh, foray with milk stouts in Arkansas, and I think not very many people still make them. I think Lost Forty does. I think technically the Forest Queen or the S'mores Queen is a milk stout, but there's so much going on in the S'mores Queen that you can't really tell. Yeah. It does have a lot that goes on in that beer, for sure. It's a good beer, but it's there's a lot happening. It's one of those that if you really want to taste through it, you've got to take your time on that beer. It is definitely not a porch pounder. No. But have I drank it in my front yard plenty? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have, because that's my usually my favorite drinking spot, but lately it's been so flipping hot. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. I mean, I'm dying right now because we turned off the AC so that you didn't have that background noise or that it didn't have to be edited out, and it's it's getting a little warm in my 
my humble abode getting, in getting, my personal opinion. I want to taste through a couple things, um, but why don't you tell us, because I think we're kind of coming to the end where we're about to head to the blind. Um, what are some things, some pairings that you have really, really enjoyed today? I'm really loving the cheese with both the beers, but I actually like it better with the Tiny Bomb because I think those tropical notes in the Tiny Bomb tone that cheese down just a little bit, and it's a very it's a very good cheese, but it's very intense flavor-wise. So those tropical notes just kind of give it that extra balancing act. I probably should eat one of the dumplings without soy sauce on it to mm. get a true representation or the other dipping sauce that we do because that adds so much salt that I don't think I'm getting a true representation of what the pork dumpling is like with the beer. I, I agree with you with the cheese. <clears throat> The Tiny Bomb definitely mellows down some of that umami earthiness that is in the cheese. And it actually kind of mellows the beer a little bit, too, with the because the cheese is very, it's kind of, it's quite soft for being a cheddar. Um, so it coats your mouth. It really kind of gives you that round mouthfeel. And it just kind of hones the beer in a little bit from, and to me, it kind of takes away some of that tropical and some of that umami and the floral tropical kind of kind of go away. And you get that nice, sweet cheddar flavor with that kind of malty, that light maltiness of the beer. Oh, I forgot the crackers. Oh. Dang. I had those rosemary raisin crackers from Trader Joe's. So good. Drink. And uh, they're really, really good. I think they would go well. I think rosemary and stuff would go well with this. But what do you think of the dumpling? Dumpling is good with both of them, and I actually like it a little bit better with the Bitburger. Okay. That bitterness. That bitterness with the, the pork and the onion. Yeah. So the chicken tacos, uh, the chicken tacos go well with both beers. Mm -hmm. They have a little bit of spice to it, so maybe like a, there's like a little green chili or something in there. Right. Um, which gets toned down quite a bit more by the the Tiny Bomb than it does the Bitburger. But they both go really, really well together. Yeah. And same with the lamb and yeah. goat cheese. I think I think my favorite thing I've eaten is the lamb whatever, flatbread cheese whatever we're going to call it with the bit burger. The flavors with the lamb, the acidity of the cheese and that bitteriness of the beer go really really well together. Plus the beer like cleanses out your palate. Mhm. Mm so you kind of get to experience that over and over again. Nothing, once again, nothing was bad, um, but I think that was my favorite bite. My favorite thing with the Tiny Bomb was the cheese for exactly the reasons that you talked about. That pulling down of some of those really, really rich flavors that are going on in that cheese, and then kind of the, the narrow, I hate to say narrowing, but it's kind of how it feels in my mouth, rather than the flavor kind of being everywhere. It just kind of runs kind of more in the middle. It's more kind of centralized. Um, I really enjoyed that experience um, when I was going through it. Now, once again, for those of you who, long-time listeners, you're going to have heard this before. If you knew the show, first of all, we appreciate you're here. But when I talk about things, I, this is not what I do every day. Whenever I'm eating and drinking, I don't always experience things this way. So if you're trying to figure out and you're trying to experience the same thing, I talk very weirdly sometimes about food. Um, I haven't used a color this time. I have not talked in... Things taste like a color, uh, which is, which has been known to happen, especially in wine episodes. 
but this is like my experience and I'm just trying to translate it to you. You may find this when you focus on the food, but if I was just sitting here eating and drinking this, I may have had a moment where I was like, whoa, that did something. But most of the time, it's, I'm, I'm not looking for it. I'm just kind of diving in here and seeing what I can explain to you guys over this, you know, flat medium. At this point, you know, we've we've slowed it down. We're taking more purposeful bites and drinks to try and pick out those nuances. Yeah. And it really just takes, like, you were like, oh, you must be just a super taster and, I mean, everything. And you just, I'm like, no. I've taken the time to l- make myself look for these things. You know, that was another thing Dave and I talked about is you have to, sometimes you just have to figure it out. Um, slow down. Think about what you're eating, drinking. Think about how your mouth feels. Think about what's going on. And the more you do it, the easier and more naturally it's going to come. And you're going to find your own language. If you want some like guidelines, I would definitely say the first place to stop would be pick up a flavor wheel or an aroma wheel. Whether it's beer, wine, whatever. The, it helps you with the vocabulary of it. You know, you may taste things and you may think, you know, Josh, you're just you know talking out your rear there but it's how i've learned how to experience and express what i'm doing and it's just it's all just through practice and the other thing to remember is everybody's palate is slightly different we can eat the same thing and not have the same experience we can drink the same thing and not have the same experience (laughs) so keep that in mind too that if you are somebody who you're like okay i'm gonna go to trader joe's and get the pork dumplings out of the freezer section, the cheddar and onion cheese, and maybe the gyro meat. Right. And I'm going to try this. And I'm going to get Bitburger and I'm going to get Tiny Bomb. And you don't get the same things we get. You're not wrong, but we're not wrong either. Right. And You're they- tasting something that, or maybe you just state it differently. Maybe it's just you actually do taste the same thing, but you just state it differently because we're all a little bit different and our palates are all, you know, different too. Yeah, and so much so much of your palate is tied to memory and things you've done before. Yep. And, you know, just talking about the taste difference, there's a huge taste difference in certain things here at this table. If you give me a pickle and you give Jordan a pickle, there's going to be completely different experiences going pickle, on. Pickle, 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 pickle. Only dill pickles, though, folks. If you give me a glass of Auschleza Riesling and you give Jordan a glass of Auschleza Riesling. You're going to get the face. There's going to be completely different things because all she's going to taste is sweet. And I may be able to pick out some of the more nuances and things. If you give her a particular scotch and me the same scotch, we're going to find different things. But there are some tendon, there are some truities of what's what's there. But how you find that and how you experience it is all up to you and your in your past experiences. And that's the big thing about getting into this is just yeah. There's no magic formula. There are ways if you want to learn how to find things, you can definitely do that. But the biggest thing is you just have to be intentional about what you're doing. Probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned when I was in culinary school taking wine studies was when it comes to wine and food pairings, so this can be translated into beer, is there are rules, but there are actually no rules. And what I mean is, you know, you hear the red wine goes well with 
darker meats like red meats heavier things like that white wine goes better with white meats and fish seafood but here's the thing is i love red wine with seafood but i have to find the right red wine that i don't kill the seafood with a big bold cab i might want like a barolo or something else that's a, a little bit on that lighter side that was such a game changer for me because I was like, I don't like white wines, but everybody always makes fun of me. And I'm like, there are rules, but there are not rules. Right. And I, I have some friends that when they went to go have a hundred day dry aged steak, one of the best pairings they had was with a Riesling. It was with an old German Riesling because that, because everything changed anyway. But like, like we're saying, we're saying all this to say, if you want to do, if you kind of want to get into this, really, you just kind of dive into it. Remember, there's no rules. There's no speed in which you have to get there and learn your own vernacular and ask for help. Because yeah, I, I know I've asked for plenty of help <laughs> when, it, when it comes to this because you can't do it on your own. Uh, we're always here, you know, in our all of our social media spots and our email. If you ever want to ask us questions or things like that, we're, we're more than happy to help you. And on that note, I think it's time to blind a beer. Blind a beer. And I'm going to blind you this time. Wait, what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Come again for Judge Fudge? I did not sign up for that. Oh, no, 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 no. I, Jordan's going to blind me on a beer, and we'll get that poured up right now. Okay. Jordan's got this wonderful blind poured up for me, and I'm going to go through it. Uh, this beer is a amber beer. I would say it's got some like reddish brown hues to it. Very pretty, almost like an auburn, auburn kind of color, or even like a red. So that color is kind of telling me something already when it comes to styles, because it's obviously not a pilsner. <laughs> so I can just throw that out of my head. I thought about being mean and blinding him on one of the two pilsners that we had just drank, but I thought better of it. I think I could have caught them. Uh, they, they're pro. They're both pretty, pretty distinct. They're also. A lot lighter than what we typically drink, so right. it would have been a dead giveaway. Yeah, because you know, there's not a whole lot of light beer in the house. Um, anyway, there's just a little bit of foam coming out of it. Um, I heard her crack, so I know it came out of a can. Uh, temperature's not super cold, so I should be able to kind of go ahead and figure this out. Uh, it smells. It's got some definitely roasty malt, malted notes to it. Definitely roasty, roasty notes to it. Some almost like light almost like milk chocolatiness but it's not like there's milk there's not like lactose um so no it's not like a milk stout or anything like that but it has that kind of lighter style chocolate really rich kind of roasted roasted kind of feeling yeah definitely like roasted nuts um almonds but not overtly really rich and roasty like i've said before i think i've said that about four times now but it's got a nice kind of creamy, creamy taste to it. Um, it's built well. It's not overtly hoppy. It's not a whole lot of bitterness to it. It's not overly sweet, but there's a nice, like, light sweetness to it. Yeah, not a whole lot of hop to it. Not super bitter. Um, not overtly sweet. It's a very, very good beer. Very well balanced. I like this beer. I want to drink a ton of it. There's a light bitterness because of kind of that toasted quality you know it's beyond golden brown delicious and getting the kind of some of that good kind of char in it um so it's obviously not a pilsner i think it's malt it's malt forward it's malted forward 
It doesn't have kind of some of the bitteriness of a stout or a porter, and it's not quite dark enough in color, so I'm going to throw those out. I've thrown Pilsners out. Um, it's not really an IPA or a pale ale. It's not enough hop going on there for it to be one of those. Uh, so we're kind of in the browns, the reds, the uh, box kind of areas. Um, it doesn't taste sweet enough to me to be a Bach. Um, it doesn't kind of have that feel of a that extra kind of sweetness. There's a lot of extra roastiness that's going on there to kind of get in that Bach level. I don't think the color's right to be a red. So I think this is going to be a brown ale. And because I know our fridge, I think that this is moose drool. I, I really do. I really think this is moose drool from Big Sky Brewing in Montana. Um, it was one of the beers we brought back from when I was up on assignment. So, you know, I have a little advantage knowing what's knowing what's around. But, I mean, she could have tricked me. She could have went out and got, you know, the a nut brown or something from from Basil Hayden. Or not Basil Hayden's. From I did not give you poison. <laughs> a shot in a beer. But I really do. I think I think it's Mistral from Big Sky Brewing. So you're going to have to come back next week to find out whether I was right or if I was wrong. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to be doing an EPL, another EPL episode. I'm very, very excited for it. Whenever we get together, there's always great conversations. I'm super excited. Um, and remember to not hit pause. So nothing I can, it's going to be a hell of an edit, but <laughs> it'll be a, well, there'll be some great content in there. It's technically a liquor week, but it's EPL weekend, so I'm not quite sure what we're going to do. I'm going to have to get with the boys and uh, the and the girls who are coming. And I was going to say, are the foul, foul mouth ladies jumping in on this one? I, I don't know why the foul mouth ladies would not join us on this episode, uh, but I believe I'm going to have to get with them and, and we'll figure out what we're going to do. It's technically a liquor week. We may do liquor. We may end up doing cocktails. Who knows? You'll have to come back next week to find out exactly what we're doing. I uh, remember we're out there on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We are as old school as you want. You can send us a, a email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. Uh, give us a like. If you like what we're doing, give us a like, a rating, a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Please remember to rate us and write a comment um, if you like what we're doing or if you don't like what we're doing. Uh, those are the things that help us get noticed and help us find the charts and all the cool things. Because if you like what we're doing, share us with your friends. But if you if you don't want to share us with your friends, give us a rating out there. I think that's it. So, Jordan, thank you for being on another episode. Thanks for letting me crash. You are high and above uh, the uh, the most visited guests. So I think we just need to, you know, like, like I said, I think we need to get you your own microphone and stand. So it's <laughs> perfect for you. Maybe your own headphones. And keep it in the podcast stuff. So it's tell John to, to get right on that. <laughs> I, I will tell. I will <laughs> tell him. But once again, I'm Josh Mills. I'm Jordan. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>